Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Dr. Elizabeth Englander will join us to discuss bullying and cyberbullying. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science show. Well, in the last mandated quarantine against COVID, children have been far more likely to be either a cyberbully or be the focus of a cyberbully as structured and unstructured time seems to blur. Well, joining us today to discuss this issue is Dr. Elizabeth Englander. Dr. Englander is a professor of psychology and the director of the Massachusetts Aggression Research Center at the Bridgewater State University. She has penned the new book, 25 Myths About Bullying and Cyberbullying, and she joins us today to discuss this issue for a general audience. And Dr. Englander, thank you so much for joining us today on Rock Science Show. Thanks for having me. Well, this is certainly a fascinating issue. I'm curious why you decided to write the book. Well, I decided to write the book because things have changed so much in bullying and cyberbullying prevention that I think sometimes parents today can really get uh, weighed down by things that maybe once were true, um, but aren't true anymore. Or, you know, ideas that they might have about how and whether they can really help their kids. And these myths can really get in the way of parents feeling like they know what they're doing and having confidence in their ability to help their kids. And so the idea was that uh, I could lay out some of these myths and disabuse them. And that way, parents would feel like they really had a better idea of how to help their kids cope with all these uh, social challenges. Certainly, those of us with kids aren't really aware of all the different factors that are placed, especially in today's environment where uh, the Internet is more of a factor. How big an issue is uh, bullying and particular cyberbullying? I think they're very big issues. You know, now it's not a universal problem. So no parent should go into parenting feeling like their child is doomed. But at the same time, it's not a rare problem either. It kind of lies somewhere in the middle. It's something that happens to too many kids, which is why we try to address it. And um, it's something that really can be dealt with. Uh, it's not an easy problem. It's a complicated problem. But there really are ways that parents can help their kids. And that's one of the big things I was trying to get through in the book. When does bullying, cyberbullying begin to take a very active form in child's development? I mean, is it prevalent as you get older or start as young as grade school? Well, it's definitely more prevalent as you get older. It seems to largely peak in middle school. Um, you know, and by high school, a lot of kids feel a little more self-confident. They have better friendships, more stable friendships, and all of these can help protect you. But it's not something that happens to infants or toddlers, really. Uh, you know, this is something that really begins around school age years. What do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions parents have about bullying, cyberbullying? Well, there are, there are 25 of them in the book, but I would say that some of the biggest ones is the idea, for example, that bullying is sort of normal, that it's a, it's a normal part of childhood. It's something that every kid goes through and it's, you know, something you learn from. Uh, and that's not true. 
Also, ideas like parents can't help their kids with bullying anymore because so much of it happens online or through social media. And so, you know, parents feel like, well, their kids know more than they do about technology. And so they really aren't in a position to help them out. Uh, Those are the kinds of myths that, you know, that we really need to clear up. So what are some of the first signs that a kid is being bullied or cyberbullied? Well, this is difficult for parents because there aren't always signs. One of the things I think that's hardest about parenting teenagers, and I've done three myself, is the idea that it can be really difficult if your kids don't want to talk to you about what's going on socially. Um, One of the things that we do know, though, is that kids really appreciate it when their parents ask how things are going, even if kids don't want to tell parents right out of the box. If their parents um, ask about it, kids in our, our lab who go through our research studies tell us that that's one of the most helpful things. So it's just knowing that your parents care enough to ask how things are going and to see what's going on. And parents should look for signs that their kids are, are really struggling and, uh, you know, really suffering emotionally. And then talk to them about what's going on. Social problems aren't rare. But you really, we can help our kids get through them. And so it's really worthwhile not to sort of throw up our hands and give up. You know, looking through this list is really a list that I think a lot of people might identify with as being the misconceptions about bullying, cyberbullying. One that struck me of this idea that there might be certain kids who are targeted, particularly those who are small and physically weak. But is that true? It used to be true. It used to be true. That's one of the things that's changed. Um, We used to uh, be able to predict bullying to some degree on physical size of kids, but that's not true anymore. Uh, The Internet has made everybody equal. And sometimes, you know, kids can be targeted who are physically large and sometimes kids who are really physically small can target others. So a lot of the things that we, you know, when we become parents, we think about what happened to us as kids and we think about, well, I, you know, somebody was mean to me and I did this and it worked. And so when my child comes to me, I'm going to say, go ahead, you know, do something like hit them back because I was told that as a kid and maybe it worked. But today that kind of strategy is really likely a backfire. And so that's kind of the reason we need books like this is that the whole thing about parenting around these social problems has changed, not completely because of technology, but A lot of it does have to do with social media and gaming and other uses of technology. And all of those are exacerbated recently because of the pandemic and because of stay-at-home orders and keeping kids out of school. The technology has certainly changed the landscape for those of us who grew up without it. How do we reconcile the new landscape of bullying, cyberbullying? You mentioned hitting back. How can you hit back, for example, if you don't know who the enemy is? Well, you you can't, right? You can't, right? So that might be a strategy you think is a good idea, but maybe you don't know who the bully is. Or maybe, you know, your child hits back and then that other child goes after them online where hitting does no good at all. So everything has kind of changed in this landscape. And, uh, you know, a big question has to be not so much how do you get revenge, but how do we teach our kids to have sort of a set of skills so they know what to do? If somebody's making you feel bad, what makes you feel better? And this has been one of the, uh, the areas that we focus on in our research, and it's been pretty clear that what kids really talk about is not so much wanting revenge or wanting to get somebody in trouble. What they really 
want when they're being targeted is they want a connection. They want somebody who likes them, somebody who sticks with them, preferably a friend, somebody who, uh, you know, really says to them, don't give the attention to them. I like you and you're okay. And that's one of the biggest coping skills that kids cite as being most helpful. I think a lot of us have this idea that if kids would just come to an adult, then all the problems would be solved. But that's, as you mentioned, really, it, it sometimes relies more on the peers and, and having a connection with other. Absolutely. I mean, the most powerful thing in these, this whole equation are the other kids. Uh, the adults can help, especially when the kids are littler, they can, they can really help. But I, you know, I don't think that, I don't think that just going to your parents every time you have a social problem is is always what we want with kids. I think we want to say to them, I'm your parent, I'm your cheerleader, I'm going to coach you from the sidelines, and I'm going to show you how to cope with this so you feel okay. And we're going to look at things like, who do you sit with at lunch? You know, Who do you walk around with at school? It's going to make you feel better if you stick close to your friends. And the, you know, those are the kinds of strategies that kids can use their whole lives. Basically, it sounds like we need to give our kids the life skills that are necessary rather than stepping in at all times to solve their problems for them. Absolutely. But, you know, I understand why parents want to step in. I mean, I, I really do. I'm a parent myself. I understand sort of the urge to just fix it for them. And you want to fix it immediately. That's the thing. But the truth is that in these kinds of problems and bullying and or cyberbullying, as we're seeing so much of since the uh, the staying at home business, um, you know, it, really the best thing to do is to take up the long-term view and say, I'm going to be the, my child's cheerleader. I'm going to help them out. I'm going to support them. We're going to work on strategy together. And, uh, you know, I'm going to cheer them on from the sidelines and make sure that the strategies we come up with are helpful. Because in the long term, right, kids need to learn how to cope with difficult people. They're going to encounter them their whole lives. You, you encounter them. I encounter them. Everyone does. And we learn that at school. We learn that at school. But I, I know it's very hard for parents. And that's one of the reasons the book aims to be helpful is to really show parents how to do that. Many of the skills that maybe we were taught, like to ignore them this kind of thing, it, it's probably not going to work online, and especially when it's sort of a 24-7 world if you're online. What are the differences, the changes that have come about since technology has become more of a factor? Well, I think that some of the changes are that in the moment, it can feel more intense. That can show itself in a couple of different ways. So kids can misunderstand each other far more easily. Um, emotions can really escalate really fast. Social skills have sort of decreased as kids have spent more time with screens. And so it's less likely that they may be able to really express themselves effectively. All of these changes make these kinds of social problems more likely. And, uh, you know, social media can feel in the moment very universal. Like kids, um, kids will often tell us that it feels more intense when it's happening online. It feels like everyone can see. But the issue is that in the long term, actually, what kids usually tell us after these incidents have gone away is the idea that the most intense part of the whole episode was really what happened in person in school. Now, I don't know if that's going to be true because of the pandemic. You know, things are going to be different with kids, with these, this group of kids who have gone through this 
situation. But we're going to have to work with them on all of their social skills and other issues if we really want them to do well. I'm curious if there are resources, areas with people who are concerned maybe about their kids or, or their ki- that their kids might be the bullying. What resources can you point them to? Absolutely. And, you know, there really is help out there and it really can make a difference. Listeners go to my website, which is elizabethenglander.com. They will find a link to downloads. And these are things that can help them get conversations going with their kids and think and talk about how they're using technology, especially during the pandemic and how they can do better with it. And, uh, you know, these things can really, they really can be helpful. All the downloads are free. And I think that uh, the parents who use them have reported back to us that they're very, very helpful. So I really encourage people to take advantage of these. I certainly hope people will go take a look at that. We are running slightly out of time. I'm curious, maybe if you have some final words regarding bullying, cyberbullying, and the new landscape for children growing up in this era. Yeah, I think we're going to have a real challenge with these kids because uh, they have been out of school for a long time. And as we're seeing today, there are a number of large school districts that have already uh, stated that they're not going to open for traditional classes in the fall. Um, So I think that what we really are going to need to do is pay attention to how our kids are doing socially and emotionally. So really think about things like How are your kids doing with social skills? How are they doing with their social relationships? And talk to them about how things are going for them and what they think. And, you know, use those those kinds of conversations to connect with your kids. And that's going to be more and more important because what's going to happen is that as time goes on and kids go longer and longer without seeing their peers, it's going to be their relationships with their family members that are really going to Uh, help shape things like how they do socially and how they do emotionally. So you can forget everything if all you do is really talk to your kids. That's the bottom line. Probably good advice in any era. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Today more so than ever. We were just talking with Dr. Elizabeth Englander. She is the founder and executive director of the Massachusetts Aggression Reduction Center at Bridgewater State University. She's penned the new book, 25 Myths About Bullying and Cyberbullying. Dr. Englander, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.